If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Pure Hope with your host, Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. Hope is the name the angels gave Reverend Gorman. Help open planetary eyes. And that's what we hope to do on Pure Hope. Thank you for joining us. Hello, hello, everybody. So thankful that you are here on the Pure Hope Show with us. We have an exciting speaker that is going to be joining us soon. And so I just have a small message that I would like to pass on to each and every one of you because this particular talk is titled as How to Actively Communicate with your ETs, with Caroline Oceana Ryan. And so this is a message to all humanity, to the ground crew who is here. You have a ground crew project, and spatial beings are always, always going to send you loving messages. So this is it. This is the message. You have been specially chosen to be a part of a divine experiment in creation. What is happening on this planet right now has never happened before and will never happen ever again. This beloved planet is moving from the third dimensional awareness, which is physical material reality. It's what you can see. It is what you can feel. It is what you hear and taste and touch. And where are we going? We are going on an exciting trip. We are going to the fourth and fifth dimensional consciousness. And in these dimensions, you will be fully conscious, my loves. You will exist in a state of love and not fear. You will be, if you're not already, very, very, very telepathic. And you have much more light in your body now than you'll ever have. And you will continue to have much, much more light in that perfectly blessed and beautiful body. New technology will be provided for all of you, and this technology will be beyond your wildest imagination very soon. Yes, yes, my loves, very soon. You will see and have millions of spaceships and visitors from outer space. Right now, our government knows that this is happening. Our visitors will be joined with angels and they are benevolent and loving and kind and will help us. Now attempts to have this planet move higher and higher into the higher dimensions were made during times of Atlantis and Lemuria to raise that consciousness of this planet back up to the fifth dimension. But as most of you, my listeners know, both attempts failed. But now it will not fail. It will never be abandoned. This is going to happen. 
because you are being assisted. We are all being assisted, and we are assisting those who are assisting us. And all creation, the spiritual hierarchy, angelic realms are here. The galactic federation of light is upon us. Ascended masters are with us. Our space brothers and sisters have all made contact and is being uh, wanting us to make contact. So with this particular speaker, she's going to be helping us understand how to make that contact. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about our sweet speaker today. She is, once again, Caroline Oceana Ryan. She is an author. She is a speaker, a psychic medium, and, of course, a wonderful, wonderful channel. She's channeled for our Hope Interface Center group here many, many, many times. She's currently channeled the wisdom of higher energies of the collective. These are a group of higher beings that include the Ascended Masters, legions of angels and archangels, uh, the fairy elders, earth elements, galactic family members, and other higher guides assisting our ascension into the fifth dimensional life. Caroline is the author of eight books. Yes, you heard me right. It is eight books that she has written, and that's very profound within itself. And the names of those books she's channeled from the collective, including The Popular Abundance for All, The Lightworker's Way to Create Money and True Wealth, and The New Earth Journeys, The Collective Speak on Dealing with Personal and Global Crisis. Her book, Lennon Speaks, and that's the name of Lennon Speaks, is Messages from the Spirit of John Lennon, shares the cutting-edge wisdom and insights of one of the 20th century's leading um, musicians and activists. Her first book was the cultural memoir of adventures in Belfast, Northern Irish Life After the Peace Agreement. Also, Caroline is a co-host, just like me. She is a co-host of um, a program that is called from the BBSradio.com show, A Night at the Round Table. She offers channelings from the collective on her YouTube channel and facilitates and channels for the Abundance Group, a community of lightworkers who meet for free twice a month conference calls to expand their abundance, vibration, and their visions for the new earth. And hopefully she is on. Miss Caroline, are you on with us today? I am. Thank you so much for that lovely intro, Hope. And I say hello to you and everyone. (laughs) I am so glad that you are with us. I am so glad you were with us. I don't know if if you were on for the first part, but I did a channeling reading, a message from um, uh, what I call a message to humanity, to the ground crew here who is working with the ETs and um, moving with this ascension and that we've all been very, very specially chosen to be a part of this divine experiment. So the first thing that I want to ask you um, is I know that you teach a lot of classes and I love the title that we're going to be speaking about, how to actively communicate with the ETs. What is the first thing that you tell your clients and your students who gather up around 
uh, you and how to begin that process? Well, um, I should say that something that I, I like to do in interviews and in situations like this is to ask the collective to speak through me in addition to me sharing my own personal experience because their energies, as you know, um, are so empowering and so beautiful yes. and they just kind of both cleanse us and uplift us. So those energies are flowing through me, throwing, flowing through the heart space to everyone who is open to receiving them. And um, I would say, first of all, let's look at, at a few basic principles uh, in, in terms of connecting with our loved ones who are, are what we call galactic, which is that really everything in this universe, and they probably know this better than us, but everything in this universe is pure energy, even if it takes on what appears to be really kind of dense uh, in, or intense earth realm physical matter, our bodies, for instance, in 3D, were obviously of a sort of dense and slightly lower vibrational uh, reality in our uh, physical form, but still, we're energy. And our soul family, uh, our star families always know this. They don't look at us as, well, you're lower than us, because you're in physical form, you're um, not very evolved, uh, you're a little slow, you don't know anything about our higher technologies and how wonderful we are with these ships and how we can go from one star or one star system to another, to a planet, to the sun, and on and on and on. They never do that. But something funny that you and I might do is to see them as being much higher and more evolved and more amazing than you and I are. <laughs> we have created hmm. this gap between us and them that doesn't really exist. Every day your star family, your star nation family is there with you. Every single day mine is with me and yours is with you and we say that to everyone listening. And they're, they're never far and there's this ongoing, maybe, okay, unconscious, but nevertheless powerful and ongoing telepathic communication between our hearts and theirs. So this separation that we were taught by religion ages ago, which continues to the present day for a lot of people, which says that God is out there somewhere, the angels are out there somewhere, you're low and human, you don't know what it is to be a divine being, you don't know what it is to be, uh, say, for ET circles, UFO circles, if you haven't actually seen the ship in the sky and known it was your family or actually seen them physically up close, then you haven't had, you're not an experiencer. You haven't had a real experience and a real connection to them. And this is a bizarre third dimensional earth construct that we've got to come out of. So that's the first yes. thing that we look at, okay, in every case. And if you want to comment there, I'm, I'm happy to hear your comments, but I just wanted to state that first and foremost, we're not so different and so separate. When, when was the last time, probably very, very recently, that you felt, uh, and I say this to everyone, that you or I felt like things on this planet are just so bizarre. Why all this inequality? Why do I have to pay for everything? Food, shelter, uh, basic medical help. Why in, in, on earth would I need to pay for that, literally? 
why isn't everything just flowing to us when this earth is completely abundant and the way the indigenous peoples lived for so long and the way people lived before the fall to the third dimension, everything was beautifully available to us. And why is all this scarcity and this work hard and this feel separate from one another and feel separated from your dreams and visions and definitely feel separated from the heavens because you're stuck here on earth and you're probably never going to go anywhere until you leave your body and the body is, is finished. And this is what you and I, this is the giant hurdle we've got to get past. And it's, um, it's a huge, it's our generation's job to stop seeing ourselves as separate from our, our beautiful star family loved ones because they're right here. They're in the room with you right now. You and I maybe can't see them unless we're skilled at seeing higher dimensional beings. Very often we start out that way, but then the mind starts to block it out because fear gets sewn in and all these different obstacles get sewn in that says, oh, you're not supposed to see that. Only prophets, only saints and angels can see, you know, an angel or a, a loved one who's passed on. And it's ridiculous because babies and small children have this ability, but it gets squashed out of us. Now with this beautiful light pouring in, we're going to regain it. And the subconscious will still hold back at times because um, it's just it's thinking, look, if you see them, you'll flip out. Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> flip out. I've, I've, see, I've read two interesting stories from one a psychic and one uh, an ET, a woman who knows she's, she's ET, just in a, a physical body. And each of them said to their guides, um, look, I've seen you before when I was a little girl. I talked to you. I know you're real. I know you're there. Look, just show up. I, I used to be able to see you, but I'll be fine. And both cases, these highly psychic people, as the image, the actual physical presence of these beautiful guides started to materialize in front of them, they both let out a yelp and ran out of the house. <laughs> because our subconscious... <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> our sub- yeah, it is very funny, but our subconscious has been trained to be fearful of that which we cannot explain, that which we were taught is not normal or everyday or acceptable or probable or possible. We've just blocked it out. So that there's that fear mechanism going on, and we've got all this mental programming as well that we've been through over the centuries, which is fading now, thankfully, with this powerful, these powerful light codes pouring in, awakening everyone and bringing them back to their higher dimensional selves. But at the minute, we've still got that subconscious, which is sunk in the cavewoman, caveman days still to a degree, and also the survival instinct that if I can't name it, it might be dangerous. So uh, we've got all this working on us, but we can still connect, beautifully connect, and we can go to that step next if you like <laughs> after all that. Oh, my gosh. So, that is so – I thank the collective. I thank you for bringing that forth because <laughs> I absolutely believe that it is our generation that needs to – Speak up and speak out and bring this, of which was our natural ability, kind of um, abandoned. And bringing that up and out now to the public is really important. And so I appreciate that comment completely and how we've been afraid to speak up. And so when did you first believe, know, that you were in contact with, 
spatial brothers and sisters? You know, um, I've always had the feeling they were there from the time I was little, but I didn't separate it in my mind from the presence of this woman who seemed to be about age 30. She was very wise. She was very kind and helpful. She would come in occasionally. I would see her in my mind's eye. I tend to see things inwardly, sometimes outwardly, but that happens more in the corner of the eye. And I know a lot of people listening will say, yeah, I do see things in the corner of my eye at times. And that's because the peripheral vision is not connected, it's not controlled by that survival aspect. So it's going hmm. to see, allow us to see things that the straight-ahead vision won't let us see. But I've always felt they were there, and I'm going to bet 99.9% of your audience, and of course you, Hope, knew that you had beautiful loved ones from the stars, but you didn't necessarily call them that. Maybe you thought of them as angels. I, I kind of conflated the two, the ETs and the angels, and sometimes they're very, very similar, and sometimes they're very, very different. It depends. There are dark angels as well as, as lit up ones. Uh, but um, it, I, I never felt they were that far away. And I also knew intuitively that you and I are going to see a day when we're on those ships in the body. Now, there are a few people who have already had that experience, I realize. There are people who have had that while they're fully awake. Um, but for me, it came, uh, most of us, no, not when we're fully awake. And most of us, we might see it a glimpse of a ship in the sky, but we don't necessarily know if, it, if it's our family or not. So it came to me in phases. Um, one Now, interesting stuff can happen because you can meet up with people who are just ETs. I have to throw this in there. It's not very friendly sounding, but we can meet up with ETs who are just curious and just watching us or just observing and taking notes. Um, some of them will put us through things just to see how we'll react. And I don't mean to frighten people at all with that, but it does happen. We are a subject of extreme interest to ETs all over this universe because of how broad and how, to them, quite bizarre the human emotional spectrum is. It's a very broad horizon. We can feel overjoyed and an hour later feel broken and sad. And they are astounded by this. There's other aspects as well, uh, but an awful lot of ETs, they're so sensitive um, in terms of their intuition and their telepathy that if you're not 100% happy when you say hello, and I've heard, uh, for instance, space, uh, secret space program insiders say this as well, that if you say, come in and say, yeah, hi, how are you, and don't sound overjoyed, they will feel the heaviness. Even though you feel you're being polite and friendly, they will feel all that energy behind that, all right? So they're just incredibly brilliant telepathically, emotionally telepathic, mentally, everything, the whole thing. So they're watching us. Now, I had an experience when I was in my mid-20s in grad school in New York City, and I, was, I came home from work really tired. I was working full-time and studying pretty much full-time, and I knew I needed to take a nap before I put in a full night study. And as I was just about to fall asleep, I got an image. It was incredibly clear as if I was in where these people were. And it was a ship, 
and it was over the building. It surprised me. I didn't think you, UFOs hovered over, <laughs> ships hovered over New York City, but of course they do. People have seen them. And um, it, was a, it was just above me. I saw a man and a woman, and they appeared to be human. And the man had on um, a mitre, the kind of hat that the Pope wears for special occasions. It goes up. Hmm. Now, there's a lot of significance to that because the Vatican knows about ETs, and they've got just a ton of information they've been hiding and storing away in the Vatican Library, and some people are allowed to see it, and most people aren't. And a lot of higher technology, and they're just, they know the deal. They know the whole deal with the ETs and what we call ETs. And I felt that they weren't inherently dangerous, but I said to my team years later when I spoke, was able to speak to them, my, when I say team, I mean my guardian angels, spirit guides, and higher self. And I spoke to them years later. I said, is that my soul family? And they said, no, that's not them. They were surveilling you. They, they aren't friends or family. They were just watching. So they do hmm. keep an eye sometimes on people who are highly empathic, let's just say. I don't call myself telepathic, but I do call myself empathic. And most of the people listening right now, likewise, hmm. that is really interesting. So are, yeah. are there, I know there's um, many, many species or many, many consciousness of these high consciousness beings. Are there some, like, are there, like, when I ask people, are there, like, five primary star beings that are here helping the planet? Or are there, like, many of them that we don't even perhaps know their names that are helping? Many, yes. Yes, exactly right. Hundreds, probably thousands. Yeah. Okay. There are many different species. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Astounding the the breadth of it, you know, um, and some of them come in from other universes because there is a multiverse. Um, but mm. we are surrounded by millions, in fact, billions and even trillions of ships right now. If they were to decloak, they would block out the sun. <clears throat> the only reason we can see the sky is because they are cloaked. Every now and then, one will decloak, and people will say, "Oh my gosh, I got a picture, video, whatever," which is wonderful. Um, but there's more than just that one that you or I spot. And you can tell a cloud ship, they look like lenticular clouds. That's not too hard to do. Uh, And you'll see some of them, they'll be in a cluster of them. And they'll be moving at a different speed and often a different direction than all the other clouds around them. So I see them a lot in in New Mexico. And um, I have friends who live here who are Faction 3 White Knights, meaning they serve under the Ashtar Command, which is a huge... That's a huge ship to New Jerusalem, 5,000 miles in diameter. And every crew member and the captain and Lord Sananda, who is admiral of that fleet, they are serving humanity. They are assisting us in getting Nassara law um, fully enacted. And they are just brilliant. They are astounding. They are absolutely, they're our family in the larger sense. Um, and the, those friends who serve under the, that command see a ship above their head, above their house quite often at night with the lights blinking. I mean, really, really clear. It's not fuzzy. Um, but at any rate, uh, yeah, there's thousands. And um, they're helping astoundingly. They're keeping our water drinkable. They're keeping the uh, air breathable and the soil such that it will grow food. Otherwise, we would have expired long ago. So they're absolutely astounding that way. 
But I want to say that I know that there are people who have had actual what people call experiencer um, moments in their lives where they are speaking face-to-face with an ET or they're actually on a ship or they see one, etc. And for me, my experience is more intuitive in that I feel them sometimes in the room and I speak with them and I have dreams where, which I know aren't just dreams. And this is very, very typical right now. And maybe some of your listeners will recognize that this has happened to them, that they will be They'll be asleep, but they'll have what seems to be a dream, but it's so, so clear, incredibly clear. And I've talked to other people who have this as well. They see a ship landing in their backyard or they're on a ship. For me, I'm on a ship. And I'm looking out a window and it's obvious we're docking in the, the, um, in the bay, you know, of another much larger ship. Or I've got the console in front of me. I'm working. I look down and my hands are like, you know, I'm 30 years old again. It's so amazing. And I wake up and I think that wasn't a dream because it wasn't like any other dream I've ever had. And uh, these these images are so real that I know I'm living them. Um, people may also have experiences where they are waking up and they're in a conversation with someone or in a meeting, like a council meeting, a galactic council meeting, and contributing ideas. But as they're waking up, they come back fully into the body and it leaves because all of us travel etherically in our sleep state. Sometimes we're on the ship, sometimes we're in different parts of the world or on another planet, sometimes we're in inner earth. Um, it's just according to what we feel we need to do for our earth mission at that particular time. And yes, your family are there. And I've said to my star family, I've said to the collective and my guides, why can't I more fully remember being on the ship and the things that happen. And I have sort of vague ideas. And why can't I more fully remember my family there and my my twin flame and on and on? And they say, because you would be miserable coming back into the body and being just in your regular earth life. And this isn't something they hide from us. This is a decision, decision you and I made before we incarnated that we wouldn't remember those moments too clearly while we were still coming out of the third dimension because it would be like how it is for people who have near-death experiences and they're up in these beautiful higher realms. They see their loved ones. They're talking to, you know, an ascended master, Yeshua or Buddha or uh, Kuan Yin or whoever it is who they speak with there. And they hear they have to go back, so they come back and they're very depressed. They're very sad for a year or two or three years not at all unusual because they experienced that beautiful higher dimension but they had to come back to where things are heavy and dense and where it's not home this isn't fully our home i mean it is in the sense of when we're in a body and the sense of we love this planet and we have an earth mission here but many come from other planets and many prefer to be in the higher realms they prefer to be in the etheric or at least in a very much higher vibrational body. You know, we were talking in the opening about how we're moving into the fifth dimension. We're becoming fifth dimensional beings. And we are, absolutely. Uh, But since we're not quite there yet and there's still the vestiges of the third dimension, this makes it a hard place to be. We've still got war and other forms of violence, inequality and poverty and all kinds of struggle. And it appears as if things have gotten worse the last few years, I realized. But that's because this light pouring in is bringing everything up to the surface. <clears throat> Excuse me. And believe me, 
Our star families are so much helping us. They really are helping us deal with it, helping us integrate the higher light into every cell of our body, every particle of our spirit. They're helping us grow into remembering who we really are, recalling the, the mystery and the wisdom teachings, um, which now called mystery teachings from the great civilizations like Atlantis, Lemuria, Mu, Sumeria, etc., the high uh, period of Egypt, on and on. And they're helping us with all of that, which is wonderful. Uh, it just makes for a bumpy ride some days. And we wish it were done. We wish we could just be on the ships and acting happy and everything's wonderful. But we absolutely said, no, I'll come in. I'll kind of forget my spirit family or my, my star nation family. I'll forget my twin flame a bit. I'll take on that forgetfulness. And I'll deal with cleaning up the stuff that I suffered in other lives, which I will, and I'll be triggered, so just to realize, okay, that's an area I need to heal because that situation over there just hurt me. So obviously, I've suffered that in other lives as well, or it wouldn't be happening now. So I'll clean that up, clean up the other lives in this one. And then my opinion is the vast majority of us said, and then I'm never coming back to the third dimension ever again. <laughs> I've so heard that a are. lot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've said it many times. So I love this earth. I heard. I don't want to leave yet. Bi- but, hmm. um, I heard a podcast the other day, and and the teacher on there was saying, um, and so I'd like your kind of take on it. There is no such thing as the human race. There are only human bodies that looks like a human race. But she said there's no such thing on the earth as the human race. We all come from the stars. What's your take on that, Caroline? Well, well, thank you for asking me because that's a fascinating question. And my take on it, and I'm going to ask the collective to kind of step in and and, uh, speak through me, all right? So they're saying we, we are a race of beings, but we are in a lower uh, aspect right now. And so we aren't fully ourselves, like I was saying a moment ago. As we move up into the fifth dimension, we become the beings whom we are meant to be, which is with this beautiful total awareness that we're from the stars. Absolutely. And all the DNA strands regained increasingly as we're able to integrate that You know, our DNA was reduced to the two-strand DNA, and everything else is called junk DNA, which which it isn't. And that was to keep us willing uh, or unconscious slaves or servants to the dark order, but that's ending now. Uh, So I feel that there are are many, many, many races of beings. You can call us anything. You can say, you're not human, you're star beings A43XYZ. And I would say, okay, that's fine. Let's just drop the labels and let's just say we're all divine beings and we're all evolving and we're all ascending and we will know where we came from as individuals and uh, understand thoroughly Earth's history, including how humanity was seeded, how it was created. Because there, from what I understand, uh, Mother Sekhmet and Alcyon who is the great central sun and her consort, they did shape living beings. They did bring us into existence on this planet, and then we got invaded. 
And you'll see this in the Bible where it says the sons and daughters of God mixed with the sons and daughters of men. And that wasn't supposed to happen, apparently. Well, they weren't the sons and daughters of God. Gods and goddesses for thousands thousands of years have been called that because they come down in these fiery chariots, these astounding ships and impress everybody with higher technology that looks like magic, and so they get called gods and goddesses. And they're not. Um, they, in the case of the, who's called the Anunnaki, the usurpers who came into this earth, um, no, they're, they're not particularly um, higher vibrational in a positive sense. But because they're so powerful and they were so tall, they were like giants, and they just took over and have ruled the earth since, and that, that day is ending now, uh, they, they, their descendants. That is absolutely ending. Um, but I would say it's not so much the phrase human race. Um, you, what she's talking about really are earth beings. And she's saying there's no such thing as earth beings. There's only star beings. And that's interesting. That kind of brings us back to, and I would agree on on many levels, that kind of brings us back to what I was saying to begin with, that we're all interconnected. We are at one with all races because oneness consciousness and unity consciousness reminds us of that, constant interconnection. All things are energetic. All things flow in this universe as a wide stream of energy or some aspect of it. And um, if you want to call us star beings instead of earth beings, that's fine with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. still use the term human. Um, what some people are doing is saying H-U-E-M-A-N because we're becoming uh, our light bodies. We're developing our light bodies. So they're looking at it from the different viewpoint, or human 2.0. We're kind of coming back to who we we were to begin with, which which are star beings. So I kind of look at it that way, yeah. So did the Anunnaki's and the reptilian, which is a consciousness, so Mm. are they the ones that allowed the Earth to descend into the third dimension? Well, we all did collectively. Uh, okay. They pretty much orchestrated it. We wanted to know. It was a very great experiment, which now the higher levels say it just went too far, and it did, I agree, because of all the soul fa- fragmentation, all the horrible trauma that's occurred uh, because of things happening on Earth while we're in these very weak, very limited human bodies. Um, but, um, yeah, they... they assisted us, let's just say, in lowering things to the third dimension. And um, it's uh, such a, there's been so many flagrant disregards and um, illegal uh, actions that broke universal law in terms of the old power structure, Hmm. as you say, the Dracos and uh, Anunnaki, etc., that uh, they're being pulled up and out of this now. Things can't happen all at once and we can't be rescued because, you know, if you watch Star Trek, you hear this prime directive. Well, there is such a law that actually exists, where, which absolutely requires non-interference in the civilization's development, except or in case of psychic and nuclear holocaust. And we have experienced, uh, certainly 9-11 was planned, not by <laughs> those who were blamed, Um, But by the old power structure, that was a psychic holocaust. 
and uh, killed many, many more people uh, than was claimed uh, by the news reports. And we have also experienced nuclear holocaust, and it's been, but it's been stopped on the level that um, would have destroyed the earth. There have been instances in which uh, those warheads were taken out of their trajectory as they were heading for a country and lifted out into outer space and exploded in, uh, into outer space where it would be uh, safely dispatched and not kill anyone on the earth. And that happened during the, um, what was it called, the Cuban Missile Crisis of, I think it was 63 or 65, I can't remember exactly, I was tiny with a baby, but uh, certainly that has happened, that we've been protected mm -hmm. by the Ashtar mm -hmm. Command. So um, they, they will intervene to stop our complete annihilation, but they won't intervene to completely rescue us. And so... Yes, they did, that crowd did bring human consciousness down over centuries, lowered our consciousness, and put us eventually into slave status, which is true of nearly everyone on the planet, unless you belong to certain families uh, who are still a bit in control, but not really. Um, they've lost all their money for one thing, but uh, it's now our job to lift this earth and our consciousness having allowed the downfall it's our job to pick it up and to ascend to that higher fifth dimensional level and uh, we're doing that it's just a gargantuan effort it doesn't happen all at once you and i can't ascend into 5d all at once people i, I realize are very anxious that we move into uh, the new earth and go into a place of equality and prosperity and peace. I completely understand that. Um, but we can't do it so quickly that we, our bodies are thrown into shock, and we can only take in so much light as we can. I feel, and I have heard also, that the amount of light coming in from the great central sun, and therefore from our sun's soul, um, it's as high as we can take without imploding, basically. So they're helping us hmm. as thoroughly and quickly as they can, to come out of this mess that we help create. <laughs> uh, it just can't happen all at once, can't happen before we're ready. But we are doing it. I believe we are doing hmm. it, yes. Yes, yeah, I believe that too. <laughs> so, and, and then my next question is, is that, is it, because a lot of people want to know, well, am I Octavian or am I from Cirrus? Am I from... The 80s. Am I from Lyra or Lyra? Yeah. Um, so, is there a purpose or a need to know mm -hmm. for our listeners to know which last planetary system or star system that they came from? Is there a reason, a purpose for that, or is that just kind of the glamour of knowing that? I don't. Well, that's a good way of putting it. Um, People have come to me in channeling sessions wanting the collective to tell them where they're from. And sometimes yeah. they will give them a bit of information, but very often the collective's um, outlook on it is that these labels are ego identifications. And we yeah. have got to get past that. We've got to get past this stuff about I'm an Aquarius, therefore it's okay if I just say everything that pops into my head. <laughs> it's okay if I know yeah. everything. 
and I'm on a cusp of Pisces, so it's okay that I feel everything. And then that gives us carte blanche to not think very clearly or speak or behave very nicely. And it's, that's kind of the, the, the density. The rest, you know, it's, it's curiosity, but everybody's a big mix from what I can see being in sessions. Everybody is a big mix. And it's healthier that way. And those who are very strictly, there are groups who remain very strictly as far as they know or believe. Uh, they stay within their own parameters and they never mix with other races. Yes, that can happen, um, but that's their choice. That's their point of soul growth. And that's not everybody. That's something, that's their path. and They chose it and they're growing and learning something from it. And when they're ready for a change, they'll do that. Um, I see most people, particularly those on this planet, as being a huge mix. And those who come very specifically more from one group than another will feel that inner clash at times with earth life. They will feel that inner clash, and it will trouble them. And they'll be, as I was saying earlier, they'll be sort of, why has it got to be like this? And what's, why, I don't understand, you know, your math makes no sense to me. And, and how come people can't hear what each other when they're thinking something? Why aren't they carrying out conversations telepathically, which is what children do? I've worked with children a lot over the years. And let me tell you, they are utterly psychic and telepathic. They have that ability. It, most of our, quote, unquote, star nation uh, gifts and abilities have been systematically drummed out of us, but they're still there. And different people will have different gifts from different places, and yet we can share those. We can switch back and forth and share those. So to say, for, some, for me or anybody to say, well, I'm Pleiadian, and so therefore this and this and this are true about me, again, that's the, the left brain, that's the ego mind wanting to quantify everything and put everything in a neat category, in a box. And then you feel a little separate from people who aren't Pleiadian or you're trying to figure out, uh, well, where are you from, etc. And we may have a time when we go through that on this, but I see us moving far more toward unity, far more toward the unity consciousness, which drops duality, drops separatism, and drops these bizarre cultural distinctions that only put people further into the ego mind and pull back from the expansiveness of their soul and their soul presence, which really on a soul level, we just accept people as they are, unless, you know, somebody is utterly an infant on a soul level. And we've got a lot of very old souls on the platter right now. So I don't, I don't see that many people um, who call themselves, who know their star seed or call themselves light workers, light bringers. I don't see them dwelling so much in ego. I think you're right, there's a glamour aspect to it um, because we're excited to travel galactically and intergalactically, so we look forward to that. Um, but I also feel that people are afraid of getting lost out there. They want something to cling to. They're used to a Earth identity. If things are going to open up, then they want to know, okay, then what's my new planet? Well, what's the one I came from originally? And what's the one that will help me feel more at home in my body and in this life? And the only thing that's going to do that is you and me coming back to our true and authentic selves on a soul level. And that just takes work and healing and meditation, connection with our earth, being out in nature, and realizing that we are one light amongst zillions of lights in this universe. Absolutely zillions. Each beautiful, important individual in and of themselves. And you don't need a label for that. No. I I think that is so important, and I appreciate that answer because I think I've been planet 
um, shopping or hopping, however you want to, um, <laughs> plan it shopping or hopping because I couldn't, uh, even in my growth, my awakening, I oh, I had other people say, well, you're from this planet or you're from this star system or you're this star. And I would sit there and shop around a little bit and think, is this mm-hmm. who I am or is that who I am? Mm-hmm. And then I realized one day that I was going to stop planet shopping and star system shopping, that I always felt connected to it all. Mm-hmm. I felt connected Perfect. to them all and to it all. And I believe even in our spiritual um, community, and again, just like you say, it's a way of growth and awakening for each and every one of us, however path we go. Um, but it, it began to be glamorized a little bit. You know, like I work with, and and my best friend would even say, well, how come you don't say I work with? Because I said I don't identify with one versus mm-hmm. another. Even the archangels, I don't identify. I know when they come in. I know when Metatron comes in or Archangel Michael comes in or Gabriel come in, but I never claimed one more than the other, and I always felt that was where we were heading as a collective into oneness consciousness. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Perfect. You've traveled the whole path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Wonderful. so to get back to how our listeners um, yes. <laughs> might connect with the ETs, and the first thing you said, we must get over. We must stop resisting the, yeah. the fact that we are all connected to the ETs and have this ability to connect with them, and they're willing and ready to connect with us. What is the next step um, of the journey as our listeners listen to? Well, the first thing is to drop the resistance. Absolutely. You know, yes, we're connected to our star family. We're connected to everything and everyone. And this is a help because then we can come out of judgment of ourselves and others, and we can come out of fear including fear that we will be too human, too earth-based, and not very impressive when we meet our soul family (laughs) face-to-face on a ship, and we'll seem kind of pathetic and low and dirty (laughs) and um, dusty to them. Uh, We'll just be kind of too earthy, and we can just release all that and stop feeling so small. And, but I would say the first step is go into a state of meditation. Maybe you're listening to higher vibrational music. I like to listen to Jennifer Ruth Russell's guided meditations, her morning light meditations, uh, Angels of Abundance, ascensionacademy.com. <laughs> and you'll see her podcast there that has her guided meditations on it. But that just puts me in this lovely flow of energies. And then what you want to do, this is just me, different people have, have different ways of doing it, but what I tend to do is, is not to call out to beings who are on a ship somewhere or in some other galaxy and very different from me. I, I find myself saying, I know you're here, my friends, my family, I know you're here. And I, it, it's a, an awareness of the fact that they're already in the room with me, that there are some who are always with me. 
And if you want to call them an away team, the way they do on Star Trek, that this is a crowd who are always away from the, the ship or they're multi-locating, you can do that, but just know they're there. Some of them are very loving maternal presences. Some of them are friends. One of them is going to be your twin flame. Some aspect of him or her is always going to be in the room. And it doesn't matter what your identification or your gender identity or sexual orientation is in this life. Never mind that. Just forget it. You're just living with this other aspect of your soul. And you don't, again, just step away from labels. Don't worry about any of that nonsense. They are perfect for you, whoever and whatever you are and they are. The two of you are this perfect and beautiful reflection of one another. And they're present. They are in that room with you. And your beautiful family representatives are there. If you want to speak to a wise elder, you call them forward. If you want to get a, a tour of where of the ship that all of you are generally on, uh, close your eyes and ask for images or the feeling or anything that will remind you of being on that ship, if that's special and important to you. If you feel better about being in inner earth or going back to a time when you were physically on the earth and so were they, um, some of them, some of your star family, are on the earth. Sometimes they can shape shift. Sometimes they're purely in human form. Sometimes uh, they might be um, someone who materializes as human and then dematerializes again. Many different uh, forms of living here. Some of them are on the earth. Those who aren't, if you're more curious about them, you can ask for visions of how and where they live. And maybe it'll come to you in a dream. Maybe it'll come to you in that meditation or another one. It will just flow to you in perfect ways. Don't try. Don't feel you failed them or yourself if you don't get images or feelings or a sense. Some people are clairsentient as an S-C-E-N-T. They might feel a sense an aroma has come into the room. I've had experiences like that. Uh, some listening to a particular higher vibrational form of music. Uh, that will open up some aspect of the brain that will permit, it'll be like a portal in your thoughts, and it will permit you images or realizations or feelings of a presence, or maybe you'll hear some wisdom from a loved one that you didn't have before. And believe me, dear ones, this is real connection. If you can't do this, if you and I can't take time to talk to our loved ones right now, what makes us think? that we're going to be okay when we finally get beamed up aboard that ship. We will feel totally uncertain. We won't recognize their presences. We'll have to get used to it. We'll have to take their word for it. Their whole family and star family, we, you know, it depend on our intuitive recognition of them or our increasingly telepathic connection to them. This way, the way is paved. This way, you're also calling them in. And this is something I hear a lot from the White Knights of the Ashtar Command, they're saying, call in the ships. And I do this when I'm out driving, or when I look out the window, I say, come in, come in, ships. We, you know, come in, loved ones. We need your assistance on this planet. We're calling you in right now. We're ready to meet you. We're ready for reformation, and we're ready for equality, peace, prosperity on this planet. We're ready for unification of the human species, and we're ready to rinse this planet free of the toxicity she suffered under for so long. And, um, you know, absolutely, actively call them in. But it's our job to begin with to realize we're already in that family. We don't have to earn our way there. 
they're in awe of the courage. I, I travel this all the time. They're in awe of the courage it took for us to come into these bodies at this time, this incredibly challenging, tenuous, bizarre time on the planet. Yes, there have been other dark, dark times, but this is not sweet and easy going. You've probably noticed by now. Um, it's, uh, I'm not going to you know, rattle off a long list of the Earth's issues right now because it's pretty dang obvious what people are going through and what Earth herself is going through. So, all right, here we are. But we do, did not ever lose connection with our loved ones. It's still there, but it's waiting for you and me to consciously open up to and accept and desire to experience. Look, you can do this with angels, your higher self, your spirit team, you know, your spirit guides. Um, a loved one who's passed, call them in and ask them questions and talk to them and say, give me a sense, please, that you're here. Some sign, might be another sign, something might fall off a shelf that indicates that it's highly symbolic of that presence. Different things can happen. It's a little different for everyone, but the more you say, I desire to know you and I desire to connect with you in a very real way, in an empathetic way, in a heart-based, high heart-based way, uh, on a soul level, I desire to connect with you, and I desire to, to really fully remember, what is my earth mission? What is it I'm doing in the etheric? And Twin Flame, I, I need you to speak to me some days and give me some wisdom that I'll really benefit by. And my guides and matriarchs, say, for instance, of my soul or star family, I, I really need to hear from you. I need wisdom on this issue or that. And uh, what can we do to call all of you in, to call in the ships, uh, a benevolent galactic family? What can we do? Just tell us. And then you can share those insights or you can journal them, write them down. I would keep track of them and expect them to come in and keep at it. There have been things I've really kept at my spirit guides for, for weeks and even months at a time really demanding answers and direction from them. And it does come. And sometimes it comes when you're not pushing too hard, you're just relaxed. You're just in a relaxed meditative state. You're listening to that beautiful higher dimensional music or you're in a guided meditation and you're just open to receive. A lot of us don't slow down enough to open to receive. We're too busy doing, 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 thinking, 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 and racing forward and we expect that the higher dimensional beings and the higher dimensional realities are going to reach us just like, you know, when you go through the drive through at the bank to get a deposit or a, a withdrawal done and everything's just very open and obvious and, okay, there, that's done, that task, or it's like sweeping the floor or what have you. And it's not quite like that. We have to get quiet and we have to open to receive. And, you know, the big moments in life, you notice that people will get quiet and be ready to receive if their loved one is saying something really important and really beautiful. If they're talking to a little baby who's just learning how to speak, they'll wait, they'll be smiling, they'll be holding the little one, and the baby will be looking for the right words and smiling, and they don't jump in and start talking generally. They want to hear from that little one. We can go into receptive mode. We can absolutely do it, dear one. And we need to do it more often because we're all asking for a lot, aren't we? We're asking for financial abundance. We're asking for complete health. We're asking for answers and wisdom on many, many issues. We're asking for higher uh, consciousness friends and supportive communities. And the only way to receive is to open up to receive and be quiet and be in receptive mode. And there it is. There's the divine feminine teaching us 
to be beautifully receptive. Sure, it's being active, but it's being active in the sense that you are brave enough to open up and to trust. That takes incredible strength and courage. But can we do it? Yes. Sure we can, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. So do you think that there, I know that you recently moved to New Mexico, is that right? Yes, Santa Fe. Uh Uh-huh. And did right. you did you move there because your collective and your family, your star family, kind of directed you to New Mexico? And is that a hot spot for? And then I guess is there hot spots in the world or in the United States for more spatial experiences? Mm-hmm. Well, that's another great question. Yes, they did direct me here. My <laughs> star family. I thought um, so. And the broadest sense, my yeah, my soul family and uh, my guides and collective and every yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And I, I was as usual. I was a little unsure and spent about three months or so saying oh, maybe a little less this time. Um, just saying I don't know, really, because I do like California. Are you sure, really? <laughs> But as soon as I moved here, as soon as I saw the New Mexico sky, I've been to Santa Fe a few other times. I knew it was very special. But as soon as I came here and I saw the sky and how beautiful it is, um, I said, okay, I get it. (laughs) And, um, yes, this is a hot spot. This is headquarters for the Ashtar Command. And um, that's like hundreds of thousands, if not a million or more people involved in that star fleet, you might say. And... um, yeah, they are they are here and, and very powerfully. There are a number of hot some of them in Utah and Colorado. Crestone has an incredibly high vibration. Some of them in say Mount Shasta, obviously Sedona, Arizona, those huge mountains of rock, the big red rocks that people go there for. Uh, a lot of those are they're not fully solid. There are dragons inside of some of them. There are ships that come and go in and out of them. Um, the military is there as a result. They're just, they just keep themselves a bit hidden at times, although there's places you can't hike. <laughs> you don't, you'll be pushed back with a man with a rifle. You'll be told to go back now, um, similar to Area 51, Nevada. Um, but Mount Shasta is really cool. I have actually never been there, but that's another place with um, incredible aliveness and portals, so many portals, and so many are opening on the earth now. You almost have to be careful. You go out hiking and you see what feels to be a portal, looks to be a portal. Don't go through it. Be very careful about it. Um, I, my friend is a, a, a white knight of the Ashtar Command, can open portals, and one of his contacts, one of his advisors said, be very careful, Lord Rama, don't just open those. <laughs> That can be a little chancy. Um, there's there's one very there's a famous one in Arizona. It's sort of like the rock creates a circle, and uh, people saw a rabbit go jump in sleep into it at one point and just disappeared. And the Native American man went into one at one point and disappeared. Mm. Never never heard from since. Um, and Mount Shasta actually connects. Now that goes into inner earth, and it connects to Telos, um, which I guess is the inner earth city. I don't know as much about inner earth as I should, but then that uh, tunnel, that the opening leads all the way to, to Sedona. So that's hundreds of miles, and it's all underground. And um, some people have accessed inner earth from different places in Mount Shasta uh, as they're hiking up in the mountain, and sometimes they find those portals disappear. They try to come back to go back to inner earth, and they can't. The portal won't open for them. Um, it's, it's pretty astounding. 
I mean, there's so many hot spots. They're all over the earth. Obviously, there are pyramids all over the earth in every continent. Um, those, I, I tend to know those hot spots better because um, I know people who have experienced a lot in them, and I've experienced some things in them. Um, gosh, Arizona, uh, you know, there's so many sacred sites in the Southwest. And they're still so alive. And it's, it's very beautiful. Just show extreme respect if you're at a sacred site, if you're at Newgrange in Ireland or Stonehenge in England or any of the places, uh, old, any of the old civilizations, the old cave-dwelling areas in Arizona or New Mexico, what have you. Just so, show extreme respect because they often have uh, a benevolent caretaker in the etheric who is looking after um, these places. So don't just wander in. Um, you know, bow, put hands together in prayer position and, and bow and be, be very respectful and be very careful because, wow, these portals are opening up. But um, there's places that are kind of famous also, like Skinwalker Ranch, which I guess is in Colorado. I forget the, the town it's near. Um, so many strange things, so much bizarre paranormal phenomena, as well as um, ET sightings um, in and around that ranch. And, um, boy, where you have one, you have the other. Where you have a paranormal happening, you often have the ET activity because the Earth energies are very alive there and because there have been portals opened to other dimensions. And sometimes that can be a stargate as well. It can lead you elsewhere in this or another galaxy. Um, the Middle East is chock full of stargates, natural and human-made. Uh, there are stargates um, in the United States as well. There's at least 50 that are human-made. And um, this is why it's not just the oil and the depleted uranium that the U.S. military are after in the Middle East. They want control of those stargates because then that's intergalactic trade that they are uh, benefiting from. And um, they have just wanted total control of that for a long time. So there's a lot you and I don't hear about. Um, but, I mean, I feel that one of the reasons that the indigenous peoples of nearly every, everywhere on the earth were pretty much either wiped out or colonized and mentally programmed into a whole different form of living, uh, I feel a strong reason is because they're so in touch with star nations because they know where the stargates and, and the portals and the wormholes are, because they know where the sacred sites are, and they knew how to, to time travel and, and galactically travel a lot of, you know, the shamans. And um, this is why they were hushed up and destroyed. So many shamans just um, done away with by the old power crowd, as I call them, the colonizers. So, um, yeah, there's hot spots <laughs> all over the dang planet, and it's, it's only increasing, yeah. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, that's what I feel too. Well, let's talk a little bit about our um, which Caroline or Shanna Ryan has so graciously accepted to be uh, coming uh, virtually. We have a virtual event coming from the Hope and Face Center called the Star Gathering: Letters of Information to the Star Seeds and the Star Beings. And these teachers that we have coming. Um, are some of the United States' most well-known spiritual teachers and healers and shamans and star teachers and helpers here upon the planet. So I know that a lot of our listeners, um, they think, they ponder, and then they ask, like, why would I come to a star gathering virtual event? What would be the, what would you see, Caroline, would be their 
the purpose of attending a virtual event on star gathering information. Okay, again, I'll ask the collective to sort of speak through me here. Um, okay, so what they're giving me is that we are all, in a sense, galactic represent, representatives <clears throat> of our home culture, whatever our home planet is. And, again, we don't need to know the name of that. You can say, I come from divine love, and you'll be perfect. <laughs> you'll be perfect, have a perfectly balanced outlook. But we're all beautiful representatives. And as we gather in a group and we are taking in these and moving up to these beautiful higher energies that I know the speakers, it's a lovely lineup of speakers, and I'll be bringing in the collective. And as we open up to the higher energies flowing in through the conduit, who are these wonderful speakers and flowing in from each person present and from lovely Hope as well and her people at Hope Interface. As we feel that, we're not only strengthening our outlook and feeling more at home in our bodies and our lives and in this world and in this universe, but we're sending out, we're transmitting incredible light and we're also anchoring it. And that light transmission is the kind of light that is coming into the planet right now, meaning it's sentient. These light particles hold a particular tonal vibration. They've got messages for us. They're speaking to our cells. They're speaking to our heart minds. They're speaking to our souls. Absolutely amazing how beautiful and wonderful they are. And you and I pick up that transmission, and then it goes out from us to potentially not just thousands, but millions of people across the world. So we're beacons. We're transmitters of beautiful light as well as receiving that which is going to strengthen and inspire us to move all the further. And there's always music involved, I notice, which is so beautiful in these events. And there's always as well um, the kind of inspiration which is kind of, um, it's energetic. It's also kind of poetic in a way. And it just speaks to us on a soul level. And with that kind of courage, We can heal aspects of our lives that maybe we haven't been too sure we could heal. We can carry a special life back to our loved ones that we know that they desperately need and maybe don't know how to find for themselves. And we can start to remember in a bigger way who we really are, our true selves, our higher selves, and why we're really here. It's not just a shot in the arm on a philosophical level. It it builds us up on many, many levels. And it's a real gift. I think this will be my fourth one, Hope. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I think it is. Yes. I mean, and I'm thrilled, absolutely thrilled to either, whether I'm channeling or whether I'm just a participant, uh, absolutely beautiful. I gain so much each time. It's just a glimpse of what it is to be, you know, on the ships or in the higher higher realms. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, this event uh, to all of our listeners is going to be December 16th and 17th and 18th. And you can uh, um, come uh, and gather with us and do some remarkable work. If you want to have more information, you can certainly go on our website of um, www.hopeinterfaithcenter.com to get that information. And so, Carolyn, what I wanted to ask you one more question is to 
So when you have clients, when you have students, who are the ones who gather around you again to um, get information? Who are the ones that you are working with the most and would be interested in contacting you? Like some people say, well, I'm a spiritual teacher, so if people want to spiritually grow, they come to me. I'm connected to the spatial beings, so if people want to connect to the spatial beings. So primarily the people who come to you, what type of readings uh, do you give them? Well, it's both an interpretation of where they are, and I go into channeling mode. 99% of the the session is me channeling for them. It's an interpretation of where they are. It helps explain why this or that is happening in their lives. Maybe they feel like, I don't know, should I change my job? Others feel, I don't know, I'm feeling strongly, I, I, I I should move, or they're in a situation where they're saying, I have to move. And sometimes the relationship is starting or it's falling apart. And so they, these are, are wisdom seekers. They want to know what is in their high heart. And they come and they're very vulnerable and explain what they're going through. And some will start out feeling very kind of fractured and um, kind of exasperated or sad and clueless about where to go in their life. And within 10 minutes, because of the energies that the collective are, are flowing to them and because their spirit team is called in immediately, you know, come in here, they, uh, and they start, they hear the wisdom of their spirit team that is relayed to them in the session, and sometimes as well, maybe they want to speak to a loved one who has passed, so that per- the spirit of that person is called in, or they don't understand what their baby or their uh, tiny little puppy or a 20-year-old cat is going through, or their elderly parent or their teenager who won't speak to them, so then the spirit of that person comes in, or maybe somebody they haven't seen in many years and lost track of, and that person's spirit is brought in, and the collective will have a conversation with them and relay what's going on. Um, They'll look at this person's life chart, and they'll work with them energetically so that they begin to, uh, same thing as what we were speaking of a moment ago, that they begin to remember their own strength. They begin to remember their higher aspect and that they do have choices and that they're always supported and looked after. So these are people who are just wanting some honest answers and who are brave enough to ask the questions. That's all. That's all you have to do is ask the questions. And hmm. then they come back with a comment or a follow-up question, but that energy is always flowing to them. And it will continue after the session. It continues to flow to them for as long as they and or their higher self um, will allow. So they continue to receive support um, from, the, from the collective. It's really lovely. It's really beautiful. And it's pretty rare if somebody complains. 99.9% of the time, they're very happy. People are very happy with what they gain from the sessions, which is great. I wouldn't be doing it. I wouldn't have been doing it these past eight years if, <laughs> if people didn't, didn't gain something positive. So, um, mm-hmm. And I'm actually doing a special offer right now for channeling sessions. So if you go to ascensiontimes.com you'll, and go to the channeling sessions page, you'll see it. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, because I saw that on uh, something that was sent to me that you have a special going on for your readings right now. Mm-hmm. So, And mm-hmm. your, your website is www.ascensiontimes.com. Mm-hmm. And, That's right. Um, yeah, and your email, you have two emails here. Is that true? AscensionTimes at gmail.com where they could get a hold mm-hmm. of you. 
as well as mm-hmm. support at ascensiontimes.com. Mm-hmm. So, right. okay. Well, it has been wonderful to speak to you. I And for those of you who are interested in all of this exquisite, dynamic knowledge that has just come out of Caroline, because I know her personally, she stayed at my home, and as well as come to the Hope in Her Face Center here in Mankato, Minnesota, and uh, watched her channel this collective the last time she was here at the Star Gathering, everyone was wowed. And so if you're feeling drawn to get a reading from Caroline, I can absolutely guarantee you that you will be not just wowed, because it is kind of a, for me, it was kind of a wowing experience. But the richness and the detail and the information that comes through you, Caroline, is so uh, helpful on the path of our journey, especially right now, especially right now. Because I think I also read in this um, piece that the reason why you're giving a special right now is because it is so needed. It is so needed to to get help at this time and support at this time. So I would tell everyone of our listeners who are listening to uh, go forward if you feel drawn through your heart and your soul to... Um, maybe the first time you're going to get a reading or maybe you had a reading or a session uh, with someone somewhere five years ago or even ten years ago or even three years ago, I would tell you just as we get everything else checked up, our teeth and eyes and our physicality, (laughs) sometimes it's good to have a checkup (laughs) when you have a next reading and your next reading and your next reading. So I would... um, Uh, I support you in your job, and thank you, Caroline, for always saying yes to us at the Hope Interfaith Center. I appreciate you so much. (laughs) Oh, gosh. You know, Hope, I've been so honored to be a part of that community, and I send so much love to everyone there and to all of your listeners as well. And thank you so much for having me on today. It's great fun. Much love to everyone. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Until we meet again, everyone, you are special. Our listeners are so special to us here at the Hope and Faith Center and on the Pure Hope Show. The Pure Hope Show would not have continued for as long as it has. We're, I think, in the 13th year of doing this. And so for you, all of our listeners, we deeply, deeply appreciate you. Until we meet again, I wish you all God bless. Namaste, namaste, namaste. Get to Old Navy now for 50% off your entire purchase. What's better than that?